Welcome back to the ATB Circuit Cafe. It's a bit of a quieter one today because it's 4.30 a.m. and I just got my wisdom teeth removed. Um, we just had the Shanghai Masters, so that just happened, and we saw Hubert Hurkacz defeat Andre Rublev in the final 7-6-8, 10-8 in the tiebreaker. Rough. Ugh, pardon me. So I really, really missed you, and I really missed tennis. And it's just so good. Oh, my God, indigestion. The timing of these ATP Tour events at the moment are absolutely great. I've got, like, nothing to do because of my wisdom tooth. So I've just had a week off, and I've just got Shanghai and Tokyo, which are just an hour and a half behind, and are absolutely perfectly lined up for me to lay in bed and just watch tennis. Beautiful. I watched the whole Herbert Hercux versus Andre Rublev final. I was rooting for Andre, as I'm a extremely passionate Andre Rublev fan. It is hard to watch that man sometimes because of like just the absolute self-harm he abuses himself with. But it was just a great match. And um both are both are almost like serve bots in the sense that like Rublev, yeah, he's got more of a ground stroke grain to him, but when his first serve is going, it is unreturnable sometimes. But that second serve is awful and it does need work. <laughs> Our semi-finalists were Grigor Dimitrov and Sebastian Korda, which was very nice to see, a bit of a uniqueness. I'm sick of seeing, you know, the same players, the top players go head-to-head. Like, these 1,000s, these finals really matter for players like Herkax and Rublev, and if Dimitrov and Korda got through, these these types of matches really matter. It's not just another 1,000 for Djokovic. He's won, what, 26? 25. So yeah, there were quite a few notable departures throughout the tournament, especially in the round of 16. We saw Alcaraz, Tommy Paul, mm, Tommy Paul, just mentioned him. Alcaraz, Tommy Paul, Yannick Sinner, Casper Ruud, they all went out in the in the fourth rounds respectively. Casper Ruud lost to Fabian Masterson, who's Marastasen? It sounds like a uh, Christmas treat. It is Marastasen. He is from Hungary. Is 24 and he beat Casper Ruud 7-6-3-6-6-4 and he actually beat Carlos Alcaraz earlier in the year. And he just didn't even seem to be phased by it. So, interesting Hungarian man. Ben Shelton beat Yannick Sinner. That was a great match. 2-6-6-3-7-6-5 in the last. And Rublev beat Paul. 7-5-7-5. That was boring. I cannot lie. Earlier in the tournament, Medvedev went out to Sebi Korda, as he did in the Oz Open. 10-8 in the first set tiebreak. And then Medvedev couldn't keep up. 6-2. Sitsipas lost to Ugo Umbert. 6-4-3-6-7-5. Six, I genuinely think Stefanos Sitsipas is 2018 through 2021. He's a far better player than he is today. And that's unfortunate to say. And um, Taylor Fritz went out to wildcard Diego Schwartzman, who actually had a great tournament. He needed that, making the fourth round. But he uh, lost to Nicholas Jarry. 6-3-5-7-6-3. Karen Kachanov went out early as well. 7-6-6-4 to Grigor Dimitrov, who had a great tournament, as mentioned before. Tournament's actually massive. It's 96 people. Did a bit of a rundown of it in the last episode, if you want to go check that out. TFO, Alex Demonor, Felix Orje-Aliassime, Cam Norrie, Lorenzo Massetti, they were all out first rounders. Like, see you later. Other notable departures were Stanford Varenka and for Aussies, Max Purcell, who's been playing pretty well. Andy Murray went out to Roman Safflin in the first round. Kokonakis beat Fabio Fagnini 6-2-6-4, but then was swiftly departed by Herbie Hercax, who ended up winning the whole thing. But yeah, Auger Aliassime went down to um, Martin Fuskovitz, but now he's gone to Tokyo and he's just won a match there. We'll get onto that a bit later. JJ Wolf had a good tournament. He made the round of 16, but lost to Ugo on Bert, who had a great tournament, actually. Yeah, quarterfinals, but lost to the eventual finalist in Andre Rublev. 
So Shanghai was all over the place, really, and so was this podcast, really. But um, you saw some quality, quality matches. Uh, one I'd like to mention is Dan Evans and Carlos Alcaraz. If you ever get the chance to watch those two, you may not think like, yeah, Alcaraz is probably going to win it. Evans gives him a match every time. It's this slice chip charge thing that makes Evans really entertaining to watch. And I I used to watch tennis players and think to myself, or, or I don't know, join in on commentary regarding forums or Reddit or whatever, and think, yeah, no, there's no such thing as an unentertaining tennis player. But God, I'm wrong. I'm so wrong. Like, Dan Evans could be one of the most mundane people to look at. And that tattoo on the back of his calf is just shocking. The four stars or three stars in a row. Get a cover of an alien or something. So, uh, <laughs> each their own. But his play style of tennis is entertaining. And, of course, Alcaraz's is too. So, the first set went to a tie break in which Alcaraz wiped him. But it was back and forth the whole time. And Dimitrov um, v Alcaraz as well. That provided some entertaining tennis. Alcaraz won the first set after Dimitrov had him and then Alcaraz came back with a double break and I'm pretty sure Alcaraz broke him in the second set again but Dimitrov came back. When Dimitrov plays like that, it's just like, where did it all go wrong? Because he, he won the ATB Tour Finals. We could do an episode on Grigor Dimitrov. Grigor Dimitrov, data of the Spice Girl. No, we're not going to be doing an episode on Grigor Dimitrov but like, like he he's a... He won the ATP Tour Finals in 2017, as well as making the semi-final at the Grand Slam that year. And it was like, what's next? What's his career high ranking? I reckon it was, um, he's 32. His career high ranking is three in the world. What could have been? I think, what's the last ATP title Grigor Dimitrov won? The last, two, the last event he won was the ATP Finals. I can't believe this. He hasn't won an event in six years, Grigor Dimitrov. Not a, not a 250, not a 500. Sorry, I'm bewildered right now. Well, what's he playing in next? Let's see. Maybe he'll win that. I don't know. I can't find anything. I'm sorry. But, yeah, that is insane. So he made the semifinals and he, he lost to oh, Rublev in the first set, 9-7. And as soon as he lost that first set to Rublev, I went, yeah, it's not going to happen for you, Dimitrov. It's Rublev's time. And it was Rublev's time until the final. He had a set point. A uh, championship point? I think he had a championship point. Wait, I don't know. I could be talking out my bum. But the Hercax Rublev match, go watch it. Good match. Should we move on? Let's move on. Tokyo is stacked, like stacked. I was, I was watching the qualifiers. Like, who does that? Renki Ichikata, Marcus Hiron, Jack Draper, Taro Daniel, Christian Garin. Beautiful. Renki didn't make it through, unfortunately. But we had a stack load of Aussies in the in the draw with Chris O'Connell. He went out in the first round. Max Purcell, he went out in the first round. Alexander Vukic, he went out in the first round. Uh, to <laughs> Alexi Popperin. But not to Alexi Popperin, to Mackenzie McDonald. Um, no. Oh, what am I saying? Oh, let's, let's, let's start again. Chris O'Connell, Max Purcell, Alexander Vukic, all out in the first round, unfortunately, but we've got a stack load of Aussies still in it. Alexi Popperin, Alex Dimonor, Jordan Thompson. Jordan Thompson beat Alexander Zverev, the third seed, 6-3, 6-4 in the first round. Dimonor, he beat Jack Draper today. Jack Draper was playing pretty much on one leg. Orja Aliassime, he, he actually won a match for the first time in a while, but it was against Aussie Alexander Vukic, so he should be winning those. And I watched uh, Karatsev wipe down... Francis Tiafo, who was the sixth seed. 
in this tournament. Let's do the seeds as I do it, rather than this chaos format. Taylor Fritz, number one. Kasparud, number two. Zverev, three, but he's out. Demonor, four. Tommy Paul, five. TFO, six, but he's out. Kachanov, seven, but he's out. And Felix Auger-Aliassime, the eighth seed. So we saw a first-round matchup within Taylor Fritz and Cam Norrie today, in which Taylor Fritz beat him in about one hour and 17 minutes, 6-4-6-2. Just served him off the court. Looked like he was ready to go play League of Legends, Cam Norrie. It's really been a failure since the Rio final for Cam Norrie this season. It seems like he focused all his um all his efforts onto the clay court and um didn't really pay off in those in those masters, but he beat Alcaraz in the Rio final. Because there's that weird clay split that happens um before Indian Wells in Miami in which a lot of clay court players engage in it. I know Alcaraz did, but Alcaraz can play on anything. He won Wimbledon. Um as a nineteen year old Spanish kid, so Yep. Um or 20, I don't know. But yeah, f- Cam Norrie focused far too much on the clay court this season and didn't pay off for him in the ATP 1000s of Monte Carlo, Madrid or Rome either. So it'll be interesting to see what 2024 has in store for Norrie. As I am keen for Kachanov, he's, um 2023, he came like around Wimbledon, he had to pull out, he got a bit injured. It's keen to see what will happen there because he is a two-time semi-finalist, Oz Open and US Open. Whether or not it's a weak draw could be debated. I'd say not. I think Kachanov has got the game. I think he's very good. So yeah, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on Tokyo. I saw Ben Shelton defeat Tara Daniel today. That was a really good match. So I lost the first set 3-6, but came back 6-4, 7-6-2. He did that look at his dad. He went, no, no, I'm winning this match. This guy's not got it. I, I don't care about this home crowd support. Ridiculous. I saw Kasparu defeat Yosuke Watanuki this uh, this afternoon, or tonight, sorry. And um, I saw, yeah, as I mentioned before, Demonor beat Draper. So shall we predict what's going to happen? Because I think Fritz will take this tournament out if he's playing the way he will. And I think he might meet Demonor in the final, if that's possible. I haven't really delved into the bracket as much. But yes, I also, oh, I remember watching... Um, Marcus Haron versus Yoshihito Nishioka. Um, Marcus Haron defeated Nishioka, but the first set tiebreak went to 16-14. And it, it was just so entertaining to watch, especially when you're on endone from your f- wisdom teeth surgery. So um, props to Haron. Nishioka bowed out 6-1 in the last set. Just looked like he didn't want to play, that, play tennis anymore. Uh, is it him that doesn't like playing in... Japan, or is it somebody who doesn't like playing in France? Maybe it's Nori doesn't like playing in Britain. I don't know. I could be talking out me bum like we often do here at the ATP Circuit Cafe. So, yes. Tomorrow's Santa Court's offerings are Zizen Sang versus Herbie Herkax, who's coming into the Tokyo ATP 500 from a win of Shanghai unseated. So, he's doing that because straight into it because he wants to qualify Turin. There's an ATP race at Turin. He's very much heating up, in which eight players will... Four have already qualified. So that's Djokovic, Alcaraz, Sinner, and the other one. 
That would be Medvedev, Djokovic, Alcaraz, Medvedev and Sinner are the four that have through. And there are quite a few still in contention. Rublev, Tsitsipas, Zverev, Runa, Fritz, Rude, Herkax, Tommy Paul, Demonor. So Rublev's probably likely to get through, sitting on 4.2k points. Next is 3.6 with Tsitsipas, Zverev and Runa. So in my opinion, it'll be from Herkax, Rude, Fritz and Runa to make that last... Last spot, but Holger Holger should have a good indoor season. I've said this on the ATP Circuit Cafe before, but he was raised in Denmark. He's 20. He hasn't played in too many other conditions. Indoor courts are for him, right? Felix Auger Aliassime is 55th in the rank, in the race to Turin, not the rank. Martin Fuskovic is above him. Yannick Hanfman, Max Purcell, Andy Murray. It's just an unfortunate year for him. Turin is really entertaining. I always find it super entertaining. I saw Djokovic's clothes for it recently, but Dimitrov won't be there. <laughs> As he, he won it in 2017 and he's never been invited back. Is that the? I guess that's the case. Yeah, tomorrow we've got Season Sang versus Hubert Hurkax, Felix Auger-Aliassime versus Sebastian Offner, Tommy Paul versus Mackenzie McDonald, Marcus Aron versus Casper Ruud, and Ben Shelton v. Jordan Thompson. And that is one I will 100% be tuning into. Come on, Tomo. Come on. Should we hop around to, to Antwerp? Let's go to Antwerp. Antwerp's in Belgium. It's just a little 250 on some hardcore. Your, your number one seed is Stefanos Sitsipas, but then you're like, your number eight seed is a 65-ranked player, Juan Pablo Varias. It's not bad on clay he has. Then you've got Richard Gasquet, seven. Roberto Carabaya, Spainer, six. Yannick Hanfman, five. Arthur Fies, fourth. Alexander Bublik, third. Jan Leonard Struff, two. So Struffy and Sitsipas, that could be a good match. Struffy's a very good tennis player, and Bublik, if he actually wants to turn up, is good. Could see Arthur Thies getting seeded into an ATP tournament, such as a 250. Um, he's very young, Frenchman on the scene. He should be in the uh, contender for the ATP Next Gen Finals. So the ATP Next Gen Finals are those under 21 years old, and they, they're playing in uh, the Middle East this year, in Saudi Arabia, I believe. Maybe somewhere else. Oh, I believe it's somewhere in there. Actually, let's go check out who's going to make those because it actually does provide really valuable insight onto what's going to happen in the future and players like Demon Law have featured consistently Runa uh, Brandon Nakashima won it last year except he's had a terrible year this year Jack Draper Lorenzo Massetti Yuri Lehechka was in it and Yuri Lehechka played really well and now he's had yeah pretty good year um, Yannick Sino won it once Devon Sitsabas won it once Nakamura's won it once Hain Chung he won the first one. Um, R.I.P. Ian Chung. But we remember that, um, that what do you call it, Djokovic match at the uh, Australian Open. Everyone remembers that. Straight sets. Uh, yeah, so this, this year it should be what? Ben Shelton, Lorenzo Bassetti, Arthur Fies, Luca Van Asch, Dominic Stricker. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, Dominic Stricker was in it last year, I'm pretty sure, but I think he'll be in it this year. But Arthur Fies, Bassetti, Shelton. I think Shelton will definitely win it if he's if he plays it. But it seems like an event he would play. Where were we? Uh, Belgium. We were in Belgium. I've just gone. I'm going off. Um, I don't want to talk about Belgium. It's really just a irrelevant tournament. Well, it's not at all. It's an ATP 250. It's awesome. But um, I, lo- I love tennis. But the the camera angle's low, and that's really cool. That's about it, though. That's not much else I've got for you regarding it. There's not even, like, anybody, like, I want to point out that's playing in it. 
like Alexander Shevchenko's in it. I like a Russian. David Goffin was a wild card. He's beaten Quinton Hallis in the first round. Arthur Rindernatch has lost. Hopefully Bublik does it right. Hopefully Gasquet does it right. Oh, no, Gasquet's just lost. I've seen that to a qualifier, Maximilian Marita, who lost an ATP Challenger event to somebody ranked 400 places lower than him last week. So what's happened there? This is just goes to show the ups and downs of tennis. Maybe we'll move to Stockholm, see if it's any better. Top seeds there, you got Holger Rune, number one. Manorino, two. Greek Sport, three. Somebody's pulled out. So Bayes, five. Lehechka, six. Chris Eubank, seven. And Dan Evans, eight. Um, no, this isn't anywhere near as entertaining as Tokyo. So if if, if you're going to watch tennis this week, go watch the Tokyo 500. Talking about Holger Rune, Holger Rune has re-elected a new coach in Boris Becker. So that's interesting. Um, I mean, Boris Boris Becker did lead Djokovic on one of his best seasons ever. So if we can see some pure determination out of Rune and Boris Becker doesn't help him, I don't know, avoid taxes or something then should be all good, should be great, because Holger was coached by Patrick Moratoglu, Moratoglu, I don't don't know, I saw somewhere on Reddit that he was offering $7,500 per private lesson, that's for one hour, and um, half an hour afterwards for an intimate coffee and chat about it. So if you'd like to do that with Patrick, you may. Um, I would not advise it, I don't think anything in the world could suffice that much amount of money in a tennis lesson. I think Roger Federer could probably teach you how to, no, won't say that on the podcast, but that would not still cost $7,500. Um, Christ, you, you've got hours of his content online. It's just, I need to stop bad-mouthing it because it's ridiculous, but, you know, tennis. This is the the richest, one of the richest sports in the world. and. The, one of the most privileged ones, and you can see it by the by the players and their their personalities on the court. Stephanos. Anyway, <laughs> I wanted to talk more, but I feel like I've said all I can. Um, I, I love you, and I hope you have a great time. I'll, I'll be back for an episode regarding Grigor Dimitrov, <laughs> and no. I will be doing a, an episode, though, or episodes looking into specific players like uh, Juan Martin Del Potro. Sorry for the... It's 5.02am here, and I'm, I'm slapping my grandma like I'm not, I'm not feeling the best. So sorry for the mundaneness in the voice. Don't want to wake the family either. So I um, hope you had a lovely time listening to the ATP Circuit Cafe. Hope you grabbed yourself a mocha. Uh, don't have any banana bread. It's, uh, it's gone off. Um... Sweet dreams. See you later. See you next week.